This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hi, Milton. What's happening? I'm sorry. Um, I'm going to have to ask you to go ahead and move your desk again. So if you could go ahead and get it as far back against that wall as possible, that would be great. No. Because no room. So, if you could just get to that as soon as possible, that would be terrific. Okay? I set the building on fire. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and my crazy holiday calendar says it's National Dollar Day. So, happy that. And to celebrate, we'll welcome a woman who paid off $18,410 of debt in just seven short months, Jenny Zeppel. Plus, think your career is going nowhere? We'll share a headline about one Florida man who changed careers from a low-income job to one that pays six figures. That's not all. We'll also answer a listener letter and share some of my mouth-watering trivia. And now, two guys who you can find spending Friday nights at your local Dollar General, Joe and O-J-J-J-J-G. Because Coca-Cola always is better when it's in the Dollar General store. When was the last time you got a bottle of Coke? You know what I mean? Like an actual, like a bottle, glass bottle. The only time I ever get a Coca-Cola anywhere is when we go see a movie. And I have no idea why I still get one there. It's like, it's, it's, you know, before the film, they always say, nothing goes better at Cinemark than popcorn and a Coca-Cola. Apparently I buy it because it's the only place I drink it. I drink cherry Coke there. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's the only place I'll drink it's a regular Coke. Coke. Hey everybody, welcome to the Movie Theater Concession Stand podcast. I'm Joe Salcihai, the place where we help you reduce your concession stand bill to only $140 when you go there. I know. Just, I think about it, oh, $11 for a popcorn and a Coke? Dream. On the way there, do you think on the way there, like, okay, be strong. You just had lunch. You don't need popcorn. You don't need a Coke. Just get your ticket and go right to the movie theater. And then you're like, and detour. And not only do you get, like, the large popcorn and the large Coke, but then you also get, like, the bag of Reese's Pieces, you know, just in case. I don't do any of that stuff, but I do have the the silly uh, bucket. So it only, you know, the refillable bucket they give you at the start <laughs> you of the You bring year. your own refillable bucket? Well, yeah, they give you the bucket. And then it only costs, like, forty nine ninety five for your popcorn if you get uh, it in the Yeah, okay, just bucket. leave it in your trunk in between movie runs. <laughs> That's all I do. Yeah. Just take it out. And I've got Rinse the, it out in the drinking Oh, phone. dude, wait, I totally have the, Cheryl and I share the refillable plastic cup. So yeah, it's I'm, like kind of being frugal, but not. 
<laughs> but nowhere near frugal at the same time. But if you are frugal, you know what you should be frugal about, OG? You should be frugal about those things you use at the bank every stinking day. You know, like your checking account, your savings account, those credit cards that come out of your wallet, only if you pay them off every month. And the best place to shop for that stuff, magnifymoney.com. If you use our link, stackingbenjamins.com forward slash magnifymoney, they know that we sent you to the place that has more of those financial products you use every day than any other place on the internet. StackyBenjamins.com forward slash magnify money. Why pay fees for your checking account when there's plenty of places online that you don't have to do that? Why get 0% on your savings when you could have 2% or more on savings using magnify money? Why only have 1% cashback rewards when Nick at magnify money and Mandy at magnify money tell you over and over that you can get 2% stackybenjamins.com forward slash magnify money for more. And thanks to RX bars for supporting Stacking Benjamins. RX bars, a protein bar made with 100% whole ingredients and no BS. You know what BS is short for? Bad stuff. Bad stuff, yes. Yes, no bad stuff like added sugar, artificial colors, artificial flavors, preservatives, or fillers made with 100% whole ingredients. Get 25% off your first order at rxbar.com slash sb and use promo code SB, rxbar.com forward slash SB, promo code SB. And by the way, when they say 25% off your first order, that doesn't mean, oh, gee, they're going to send you 25% less food, just so you know. <laughs> it means it's 25% off. I don't think price. anybody thought that. No? Well, just clarification here. All right. right. Okay. But to clarify, we got a show better than any other we've ever had. How's that for overpromise? But wow. Let's, let's do this thing. Check out our headlines. Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show, our Stacking Benjamins headlines. Our first headline comes to us from Investment News. This is written by Bruce Kelly. All we did on Monday, besides talk to Fidelity, is talk about Wells Fargo and brokers doing the wrong thing. Let's continue that here, shall we? Whistleblower claims she was fired for raising red flags about broker-dealers' alternative investments. A former compliance executive for a broker-dealers filed a whistleblower lawsuit against the firm Percy Kaplan Sterling Investments, Inc., alleging she was fired days after she called securities regulators over concerns about the firm's sale of alternative investments. First of all, what's an alternative investment? Is that like an investment that dresses up in goth and listens to The Cure? Could be. It does that with your money. I think a, a lot of times they talk about alternative investments being things like uh, real estate investment trusts, non-traded ones, could be hedge funds, things like that. Things that are a little on the quirky side. Basically things that cost you lots of money, make the selling company a lot of money, make the company that produced the product a lot of money, but don't necessarily make you a lot of money. Under some conditions, though, they really can. I mean, there's some hedge funds out there that historically have done very well. There's some sure. non-traded real estate investments that have done really well, but yes, it's a little less regulation them. in those yeah. areas. Yeah. In her lawsuit, Tony Caizo Neff names as defendant Pushy Kaplan, its holding company, PKS Holdings, and senior management, along with the firm's new owner, Wentworth Management. A former examiner with FINRA predecessor NASD regulation with more than 20 years' experience, Ms. Caizo Neff was hired by Pushy Kaplan in 2014 as a compliance officer, according to the complaint. So let's, let's start off with this. This firm hires this woman 
who used to be with the predecessor of FINRA, mm-hmm. which is the kind of the regulatory agency, the sheriff, kind of think of that as an analogy. So, OG, right there, they're starting off with somebody who seems like they'd be a good person to have They've on your team. got a good CV. Sure seems like it. During her time at the firm, she raised red flags about alternative investments, the complaint alleges, and she was reassigned from compliance to the firm's audit department. So she starts raising red flags and they say, well, you're no longer going to be in compliance. You're no longer going to make sure we don't sell the wrong stuff. And they moved her to another department. So we're going to hire this person who is an expert in rooting out fraud. And when she finds it, we're going to put you in another department. Did she like uh, get relocated to the basement with her stapler? She, she probably did. Is that what we're doing? Yeah, we're gonna need you to uh, come back down here, okay? Is that what they did with us? And then we got so annoying in the basement. They've now moved us to Uncle Jack's garage. I'm, I'm gonna burn this place down. Filed in May in U.S. District Court. For the Eastern District of Pennsylvania, the complaint alleges Ms. Caizo Neff was, quote, harassed, threatened, discharged, and retaliated against this January after she conducted an audit and then contacted a senior attorney at the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority regarding numerous concerns she had about the firm. So she did an audit, which is what she was reassigned to do. And then she said, hey, we've got some big problems here. What, What did they fire for? Oh, get this. This is great. In conducting the internal audit, the complaint states, she'd uncovered numerous violations of various rules and regulations, including but not limited to execution of selling agreements before conducting due diligence, a pattern of quid pro quo with regard to new product Mm. approvals, failure to follow internal procedures, self-dealing, suitability, and best execution concerns, and failure to supervise. She was fired a few days after a call to FINRA, according to the complaint. So she complains to them, to the regulators. And uh, I don't understand FINRA in this. Do you like, hey, cool. All right. So there's a big problem. Just a second. And like two seconds later, that guy or gal picks up the phone and goes, hey, uh, CEO over there. Uh, we just got a phone call from uh, Julie. She said that everything screwed up over there. I know. Like, Why how would he- you show up at the police department and you're like, hey, uh, so, you know, my neighbor's got a big uh, illegal growing operation in his backyard. They go, hold on just a second. <laughs> call the neighbor and go, hey, uh, uh, OG just said that you're growing a lot of nasty oh, stuff in your backyard. No, what no, no, heck? dude. I, I've, if you remember, I have experience in this area. <laughs> I do. <laughs> the cops yes. immediately just leave their card and ask nicely for my computer yes. back. Because yes. that's how you get your computer back from thieves, is you leave them it. a card yep. and say, hey, could you call me sometime and tell us why Joe's computer in, is in your house? I'm investigating a uh, uh, recent theft your name came up. Uh, would you be so kind as to give me a call when you're available? <laughs> just give me a holler. Just, yeah. Just, you know, or dial 911, um, you know, if you can't remember the nine digits. But seriously, we don't know what happened to them. Maybe she actually went to them and said, hey, just to let you know, I just turned us in to FINRA. I don't know. Right. That doesn't sound like something you'd do. Well, let me tell you what this is all about. One alternative investment Ms. Kazo Neff had concerns about, but which was approved for sale anyway, was a private placement called Spring Hills Holdings, according to the complaint. First of all, this idea of a a private placement is usually the first red flag. Alarm. It's it's an orangish flag, orangish yellow. Yes. It's like that light you drive through that you go, I think I can make it. If your advisor uses the words private placement, there could be shenanigans. 
just the opportunity for shenanigans are different because that means you're not buying it on the regular channels. Private placement means I've got my buddy. I know a guy. Yes. And this guy's going to take care of you way better. It's a private deal that you can't get elsewhere. Can be scary. Could be all right. Not always scary, but it can be. Alex Markowitz is the founder and CEO of Spring Hill Senior Communities, according to his LinkedIn profile, and is also the new majority owner, wait for it, of Persh Kaplan, which, by the way, is where she worked. Uh, So let me get this straight. I own a fleet of assisted care homes. Now I also own a field force of salespeople. Hmm. And now I go, hey, I've got an idea, salespeople. Let's we should sell investments in my other investment. Ta-da. But I'm not going to tell everybody that it's, you know, because I'm sure that's the other shoe to drop here is that uh, Mr. Mark didn't really bring up the fact that he was the CEO of both places. And more importantly, neither does the brokers who sell the thing. Not that there's anything wrong with being the CEO of two companies, right? If it's all disclosed. Yeah, but he didn't probably mention it, and this is what probably got them in trouble. It doesn't appear to be the case. Ms. Kaizo Neff filed her complaint as a whistleblower with the firm's alleged retaliation and violation of protections under the Dodd-Frank Financial Reform Act. Quote, there's absolutely no merit to Ms. Neff's whistleblower claim, said Persh Kaplan CEO J. Peter Purcell in an email. Push Kaplan believes this lawsuit's purely retaliatory and will ultimately be dismissed. Hmm. Which is different than the other press release that they would put out, which would say, yeah, we did all the stuff she talked about. So, <laughs> Mr. Mr. Purcell, this is their reason for firing her. You asked this earlier. <clears throat> Mr. Purcell also said that Ms. Kaizo Neff had not passed her Series 7 licensing exam during her four years at the firm, although she was required to do so under terms of her employment. So they fired her because she didn't do it. happens to be right after she blows the whistle on them. With over 20 years working for the sheriff and then coming over to there for, for being the sheriff, they happen to fire her the whistle on them and something uh, where they're selling private placements in the owner's stuff. And it happens to be all a coincidence. Coincidence. I don't know if it's right or not. It just doesn't look good for anybody, does it? Go by, get them, Finra. And by the way, look at what they did. Once again, you see people, OG, that take people's word for it when they hire an advisor. Investment News went to BrokerCheck to check out their BrokerCheck profile. They went to LinkedIn to see the person's business dealings. There are plenty of public places for you to go check out your financial advisor. And that doesn't mean you're always going to get it right, but certainly just taking somebody's word for it when they say, hey, I got this private placement and here's my firm and here's what we do, yada, yada, yada. Bells, whistles, dogs, ponies, smoke mirrors. Dun, 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 dun. Not the best way to hire an advisor. Our second piece comes to us from Channel 3 CBS, Philly. I just went to Philadelphia. Now I get all my news from Philadelphia. We, we, we just went to Philadelphia. Uh, uh, I did. And uh, you came along. Uh, Florida teacher leaves classroom and now makes six figures as a personal shopper. A 20-year veteran of the classroom decided to give up teaching for shopping, and now he makes six figures. Ed Hennessy of Florida says, as a teacher, he never made more than $50,000 a year. He says he struggled to make ends meet with two kids and college loans, so he took on part-time jobs over the years. It was his part-time work as a personal shopper that became a lucrative business. Quote, it's so relaxing, I get to go out. I'm outside all the time. I see people, and I'm my own boss. I am who I want to be, said Hennessy. 
While he said it was scary to leave his education career behind, the 45-year-old knew it was the right decision. Instead of the classroom, now he spends time in grocery stores and making deliveries. Personal, personal shopping, making six figures. The point I wanted to make on this, OG, is plenty of people out there, we're about to hear this from Jenny, plenty of people out there worrying about all the debt they have And look at what he did. He started off doing part-time jobs on top of the teaching that he was doing to make extra money. So in other words, if you work a nine to five and that's all you're doing and you got a bunch of debt, got to ask yourself, what am I doing with the rest of my time? And then number two, once he did a few of those part-time jobs, he figures out one of them's a better career for him. And now he's doing exactly what he loves while he gets to quote play test it while he's playing, paying down his debt. Well, there's always two sides of the income statement, and we focus a ton on the expense side of things, and other media personalities will tell you to eat rice and beans and really kind of crimp your lifestyle, but the other side of it is the income side, and we can spend as much time focusing on that side of things as we do the expense side, and you end up with a double whammy. You have your income increasing, and your expenses decreasing, and you're multiplying the effect of that. And you can only do so much shrinking the size of your budget, you've blue sky opportunity when it comes to your income. Unlimited. Unlimited. I think that's lesson number one. Lesson number two is just uh, meeting with financial advisors that have private placements and nodding and siding forms. You might need to do a little more due diligence. Got to do your own DIY diligence. I'm so excited about this guest because we love success stories. Over $18,000 in debt paid off way faster, OG, than she thought she was going to do it. She did it in about seven months. If you ever wondered about sharing your success stories in forums online, I met Jenny Zeppel when she was high-fiving people in Paula Pants Afford Anything Facebook group, and we asked her to come down and share her story with us. So let's say hello to our new friend, Jenny Zeppel on My Dad Shortwave. And on My Dad Shortwave, it's our new BFF, Jenny Zeppel. How are you? I'm doing great, Joe. Thanks for calling. Well, I'm so excited because you've got a kick-ass milestone to share. Tell everybody what you did. Yes, it's been a great a great year so far. I've paid off $18,410 since the first week of January of this year, just threw it all at my student loans. I had about four of them and I did that in seven months. That is so incredible. What was it? Did you like have a new year's resolution? Yes, somewhat. So at the beginning of the year, I was daydreaming about, you know, buying a home eventually and trying to figure out how I could do that. I had only about $5,000 in savings. It was my first savings. I just had a really big wake up call where I realized that, I needed to do something differently with my life and not just dream about purchasing a home and acquiring more debt without being financially stable. Was there a reason though, Jenny, for that wake up call? Because a lot of people we talk to, they just get to the point like I did where I'm just like, I can't live this way anymore. I remember exactly where I was when I'm like, are you kidding me? This has all got to change. Right. Well, my student loans had actually just got out of some sort of graduation repayment plan uh, several months before. So they pretty much doubled monthly. 
So that was a little bit frightening. My girlfriend actually had just found out about Dave Ramsey and started sending me a bunch of his videos. And I saw these young couples paying off their student loans, paying off their homes. And I didn't even realize there was this community out there. And it just really woke me up that like, hey, you know, I don't want to work till I'm 65 or older. I need to take control of my finances. So that's pretty much how it started for me. I love that idea because I never wanted to run a marathon. And then we moved to Texarkana and I became friends with these people that ran marathons. And now I've run 12. I mean, it sounds, oh, wow. it, well, it sounds almost the same for you. You all of a sudden you're introduced to this community of people who are aggressively paying off debt. And now you have too. Yes, exactly. So let's go through how you did it then. Did you follow uh, Dave Ramsey's baby steps? Walk me through what you did. Yes. Well, I had already had about 5000 in savings, so I um, automatically had my $1,000 of emergency fund cool. already set up. So at that point, I just started working as many hours as I possibly could at work and took advantage of six-day pay, double-time pay. I think at one point I had worked 26 days in a row. Holy cow. Um, yeah. So I was just really motivated. And about three months in, around March or April, my original goal was to pay it off by the end of the year and be debt-free by 2019. I was making bigger payments than I had anticipated. So I changed my goal pretty quickly to Halloween time. And then I really decided to challenge myself and said, hey, I want to be debt-free by my 36th birthday, which is this Monday. Um, so I really challenged myself and I decided to look at my spending habits, which I hadn't really done. So I quickly added up that I was making bad decisions with coffee spending and Lyft rides or Uber rides. So coffee, about how much were you spending on coffee? Were they like Starbucks trips? Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it was about $70 or so a month with a car ride sharing Lyft and Uber. I was spending about $100 a month. So I cut that out and I just started riding my bike to and from work, which is a little bit about a mile and a half from my home. So that helped instantly. I also, because my girlfriend was so supportive and cheering me on, we decided to cut back on our groceries. So I ended up spending about $25 a week. Wait a minute, $25 a week was your entire grocery budget? For myself and hers, it was 50 total. <laughs> and yeah, so that might seem a ver very difficult for most people, but we have been vegan for a couple of years. So it was really just focusing on buying whole foods, fruits and vegetables and grains. So it was really easy for us. But yes, and we're still doing that now. We're, we're going to continue with that budget because it's worked out so great. And, you know, it's really just made me be more intentional with my spending, which I hadn't really thought about it that way at the beginning of the year. And now it's a whole new ballpark here, you know. We also did a family plan. So we cut our cable and Wi-Fi at home, and that saved us an additional $100 per month or so. So it was just some changes that I really looked at. That's cool. I want to ask you a couple questions about what you said. First of all, on the, on the lift rides and riding your bike, I really like that, partly because of the fact that it's also healthier. It's not a long workout going a mile and a half, but I bet by the time you get there, the motor's running. Yes, absolutely. And it just made me feel ready to go out there and just be motivated, which I really, really liked. And, you know, I had gotten a little bit lazy with the lift rides because work is so close and, oh, I didn't give myself enough time to get to work. But 
it was adding up to a lot that I really didn't need to yeah. be spending on. So Yeah, and I'm also thinking that a mile and a half to work, the difference in time between riding your bike and taking the lift after you wait for it to get there ain't that long. Right. Exactly. That is very true. It was like 15 minutes of a ride, both with the car and with, with the bike. So What you do when it rained? Sometimes I would take the bus, which was about half of the price of the lift. And recently it's hit about 100 degrees here where I'm at. So uh. I have used a car a couple times. And that's the thing. I, I didn't tell myself that I would never buy another latte or never use a lift again. It was just when it made sense to do it instead of splurging because I could. It also seems like when you set this goal at the beginning of the year, Jenny, you were motivated, but just based on the fact that you kept accelerating the goal, it sounds like your success early on bred more success, that you got more motivated the quicker you went. Yes, absolutely. I would agree with that 100%. And I would say about March or April is when I looked at the big picture and I said, hey, this is going really well. I was putting so much more money than I had anticipated towards the loans that I just felt more excited and more pumped to like be done sooner than later. When I was a financial planner, I was worried that when people lived as frugally as you were living, like that my client would look at their girlfriend and go, you know what, screw this, let's buy a big screen TV, or we're doing so great, let's go, let's go out for a big, huge dinner and you know, blow the budget. Was there ever a time when that happened? You know, that was the beginning. That was the beginning for me. I was working so much, especially at the beginning of the year, that I was just like, oh, I deserve my latte. Right. But once I became more intentional and my goals started changing, that's when I realized, hey, I can actually do this sooner than I had planned to. And my New Year's resolution should really start with my birthday rather than just the beginning of 2019. Right. Yeah, I think that's really cool doing it by your birthday. So what's next? Are you building out now the full emergency fund next? Are you starting to invest money? What's what's next for Jenny? Uh, yeah, what's next? I'm trying to figure that out. Uh, absolutely start my emergency fund. That's kind of where I'm at right now. And then I just want to invest, invest, invest. You know, I think my ultimate dream, of course, would become financially independent. You know, now that I know about this and that it's possible, even though I feel like I'm a little bit late in the game, uh, I'm just so motivated. The people around me have been so supportive that I feel like it's doable. So I think real estate investment would be a great option down the line. So I really want to learn about that and eventually just be able to travel and not work for the man and you know just work for me. <laughs> That's And not work out of your mom's basement like we do. <laughs> right, Joe. <laughs> right. That's an awesome story. Do you think it's going to be easy to keep the motivation up now that you don't have as tight a cash flow as you had with those loans being as big? I mean, how are you going to make sure you keep the momentum running? Uh, Yeah, that part has been a little bit scary, wondering like, oh, should I slow down now? But I feel like the more that I learn, the more motivated I get, you know, and the more podcasts I listen to and the articles that I read, I feel like life is not about being debt-free. It's about being financially free in the sense where you're not working, you know, nine to five or 40 hours a week or even working for anybody for that matter, but to be able to travel and and enjoy life uh, the way we should all be. Yeah, well put. Well, congratulations. That is such an awesome success story, and I'm so glad you shared it with us. Thank you so much, Joe. I really appreciate it. 
Hey there, trivia fans. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, here to save this podcast with some amazing National Dollar Day trivia. There's just so much to choose from. Hey, answer me this. Know how the dollar bill says Federal Reserve note across the top? What did it say in that same spot before the change? I'll be back with the answer in just a moment. Big thanks to RX Bar for supporting Stacky Benjamins. RX Bar, if you have never come across it, it's a protein bar made with 100% whole ingredients and no BS. BS means bad stuff like added sugar, artificial colors, artificial flavors, preservatives, or fillers. Made with 100% whole ingredients, just a simple few clean things where every ingredient serves a purpose, like the egg whites for protein, dates binded together, nuts for texture, and other delicious ingredients like unsweetened chocolate, real fruit, and spices like sea salt or cinnamon. Our X-Bars are gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, no added sugar, no added colors, artificial flavors, preservatives, or fillers. They come in 14 delicious flavor, favor varieties. I like favor varieties, but I also like flavor varieties, such as chocolate or fruit flavors. I think the blueberry is my favorite right now. There's an RX bar for you. Real food ingredients that actually taste good so you can taste the cocoa, the real fruit, the spices like sea salt. They're ideal for breakfast on the go, snack in the office to push you through your 3 p.m. slump. I did that yesterday. Throwing one in your bag for the plane ride. Did that on our way to Philly. Tossing it in your backpack for a bike ride or a hike. Did it on my bike ride last weekend. Pre or post workout snack. I do that on the weekends also for our long runs. Get 25% off your first order. That's 25% off your first order. Head to rxbar.com SB and use promo code SB at checkout. That's rxbar.com SB, promo code SB. And you know what time it is. It's time when we head to, and you'll hear me typing here, stackingbenjamins.com forward slash magnify money because... If you're somebody that just uses an old school brick and mortar bank, what are you thinking? You walk into your bank and just say, what do you got? Well, you know what you got? You got a lot less than you can get if you had to magnify money because they make it easy to compare, ditch, switch, and save. When it comes to everything, checking accounts, savings accounts, link checking and savings, CD rates, auto loans, small business loans, private student loans, credit monitoring, identity theft, cashback rewards, balance transfers, 0% interest credit cards, low interest credit cards, secured cards. I'll tell you what, when my kids started out, I sent them to Magnify Money. They applied for cards and now they're out of college. They have great credit. And you know what? By hooking up some great rewards cards with Debitize, which is a whole different app, I found that using Magnify Money took them up with the best stuff and then Debitize, bam, they ended up paying their bills on time in full every month. Now they have fantastic credit and they get the maximum rewards possible. It's fantastic. Either that or you can live an all cash lifestyle. And I like both of those. But listen, if you're going to pay your bills on time, why not take advantage of the rewards that are out there? So today, like we do once a week, let's take a look and see what interest rates we have on savings accounts. And I just let it go ahead and default to the 11,000. We're still at 2.05 for Salem 5 Direct like we were last week. And if you remember, there's a fine print score and Salem 5 gets a B. Only one penny is the minimum deposit. That's awesome. Eight people reviewed their experience 
and just below that at 2% Poplar Direct. Their fine print is way too complex. It gets an F, plus you've got a $5,000 minimum deposit. Purepoint Financial, a C on their fine print, $10,000 minimum deposit. They only pay 1.9, only 1.9, third best on here. But then they go down 1.85 for uh, Synchrony, that's up, and also FNBO Direct. They get A's on their fine print scores and have a zero or one penny minimum deposit. At 1.81, SFGI Direct Savings, and also at 1.81, Online Savings from Mutual One Bank. Ally Bank is 1.80, Dollar Savings Direct 1.80, Marcus by Goldman Sachs 1.80, and then at 1.75, we've got Sally Mae, American Express, Alliant, Discover, Quorum. See how easy that was? And all paying better than you're getting paid at your brick and mortar bank. Just one of the ways Magnified Money can help you compare, ditch, switch, and save. Head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash Magnify Money. That tells them that we sent you. You help yourself and help the show at the same time. Hey there, trivia nerds. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Duggan. Have you asked your friend Gertrude the answer to today's trivia question yet? Well, I asked my friend Gertrude. Ah, who am I kidding? Gertrude actually came up with this question, which was this. Where a dollar bill now says Federal Reserve note across the top, what did it say previously in that same spot? The dollar bill used to be a silver certificate note. And to denote that, bills actually said silver certificate note right across the top. Get it wrong? Well, the silver lining to this trivia question is this. Now you know the rest of the story. Hey, I think I just coined a new catchphrase. I like it. See ya. Thanks to Jenny for spending some time with us. I think the key takeaway there, OG, is this. She just got rolling at the start of the year. The excitement built from her early wins. So by just getting started, like win on top of win, and she got more motivated and realized she could do it faster. I find the same thing with working out. If I just get myself out there on a morning run, I run once, then I plan to run the next day. After a couple of weeks, and I built up some momentum, I sign up for a couple of races, all of a sudden, I'm running marathons. I found that recently over the spring, I was trying to get in shape for a uh, after-school activity that I was trying to get better at. And once I checked that box, I got promoted, I guess you could say my motivation level for doing all the things that got me to where I was like immediately went, yeah, I don't have to do that anymore. And now the summer's gone by and I'm like, dang it, I should have kept going at that because I'd be way better. Now I got to start all over again and find a new goal to work on. So it's just like anything. If you have a, hey, I want to pay off $5,000 or I want to make another $5,000 as you're approaching that goal, get ready for the next goal. Start thinking about the next thing, because if you don't, What's the motivation to keep going? Absolutely. Hey, Doug just brought down the mail. Today's letter comes to us from our friend Clayton. Clayton says, I'm 33, new to the game of investing. Due to my profession, I'll be retiring from work at about age of 54 with a pension, which I'll lowball at 75000 a year if I retire within my current career. Aside from a work retirement account, which is of the hands-off approach, I'm looking to get into the more hands-on style of retirement. I plan on opening a Roth IRA. What do you believe is a better, quote, backbone for the account, a mutual fund or an ETF? 
I understand a mutual fund will have higher fees and costs more in the long run, but comes with active management, which might prove nice during the next dip in the economy. But for this account, I'm looking for good security with an option for growth, obviously. Thanks, Clayton. Good question, Clayton. Mutual funds versus ETFs. And I think we, I've got some comments about the first part of that, too. Yeah. Effectively, what you're asking is what's better, dinner or food? And I get that there's nuances to that. And this is what you're going to say. You're going to go, hold on a second. There's a whole lot of new. All of that is true. But. How do you know what I'm going to say? Because I've been doing this shit with you for a long time. I don't know what I'm going to say. I wasn't going to say any of that. But continue. Okay. Yeah. Well, now you're going to change your mind. Because continue Nostradamus. Who knows exactly yes. what's coming next? <laughs> So there's no right or wrong answer to that because they can, you can find expensive ETFs and you can find inexpensive ETFs. You can find expensive mutual funds and inexpensive mutual funds. You can have passive mutual funds and actively traded mutual funds and the same thing for ETFs. What you're looking for, I think, is a broad-based asset allocation type fund. You might think like a total market fund or something like that to get started. But the biggest thing is the getting started part. Don't let the decision of well, I don't know exactly how to diversify this, or I don't know what I want to do from a mutual fund or ETF standpoint, or should I use iShares or Vanguard, or should I you know, have my account at Fidelity or Schwab? All of those are restrictions that people put up in their mind that are unnecessary restrictions. Open the account, put the money in, buy something, don't touch it for 30 years. To next year, when you put your next $5,500 in, if you're bored and you want to find a new place to put that 5500 do something different with that one. But don't wait on this one, like we were talking about just a few minutes ago. Get that snowball going. When we started this podcast, we waited a year because I was worried about, and you were worried about, the technology, how to get stuff uploaded. Like, how do you make it so everybody, everybody knows about it? We just put it aside, put it aside. And then we went out. And we bought what we thought were the best microphones, by the way, all wrong, if you remember. I was even talking into the wrong part of the microphone. I found out later. <laughs> Couldn't figure out how come the volume on this damn microphone wouldn't get higher. We did it all wrong. Yet, if I had anything to take back, it wouldn't have been more research and getting the right microphone. It would have been waiting a year. Because had we made those, quote, mistakes a year earlier we would have been better off. And I think it's the same thing about what you're talking about, OG. Don't let all these, what? which which one is best. Yeah. I will say this, that if your career includes the ability to do this inside a retirement plan at work, if you're going to retire at 54 and you're separating from service forever, you only have one year until you can get the money in that tech shelter, as long as you leave it there and don't roll it over to an IRA. So I like looking at that tech shelter for the vast majority of your money, pump money in through work. Plus it's easier there because it's payroll deduct. You won't even right. see the cash. So do it right in your payroll if that exists. I want to say something else though. Clayton has a pension available. He's going to have some pension options that he has to figure out. So I would spend some time ahead of time looking at how those pension options work before he... Uh, how far in advance would you start thinking about doing some pension calculations? I'd, I'd say in, 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 in what example, what are you talking about in terms of he's going to have some options? Well, if he has any beneficiary, most people say a spouse, but it could be any beneficiary that wants to live off his money. He can get 100% of his pension amount, that 75000 he's talking about, or he could get, let's say, 
68000 and then his spouse, if he passes away, or his beneficiary, if he passes away, might get 50% of that for the rest of their life if they outlive him, or 75%, mm-hmm. let's say. Uh, so there's lots of different options by which... Claiming options he in terms can, of how, how what kind of money he can get out of it and who else he can benefit along the way. Yeah, he can decide uh, maybe a spouse still gets some money, but he's got to give something up to do that. And I might do that five years before for the hard, fast options. But right now, while he's 20 years away, I would start factoring in what does that goal look like in general? Like how much money do I think I want to live in if I live my lifestyle I am today? Run that number out through his lifetime, figure out how much that pension's going to cover so that he can then fill in. Because if he thinks it's 75,000 OG and it ends up being 68,000 because he takes one of these other lifetime options that he didn't realize were coming, he's going to have less money covered than he thought he was. Well, and there's other things that may come up too, depending on the line of work that uh, that Clayton's in. If it's a private company, that pension option may vanish. And I don't mean vanish in terms of just completely go away. He may get a phone call in his 47th birthday and say, hey, we're not going to do the pension anymore. We're going to give you a check instead. Here's a check for $1.3 million. That could be an option. Which is um, another reason to get a little more comfortable with investing right now. Sure. And a lot of times when people look at that, I mean, and in my experience, I don't know what yours has been. I think that probably 60 or 70% of the people prefer to take the lump sum for whatever reason. It just kind of feels like it's more in control. And now all of a sudden, you know, you're building up this investment account outside of your pension and you get to retirement and now you have another $2 million. But that comes at a cost, to your point. You could also think about what happens with your pension throughout time. Early retirement at 54, the one thing that we do know is that milk, bread, cheese, gasoline, travel, all that sort of stuff is going to get more expensive as time goes on. Hold, you should say hashtag spoiler. (laughs) Yeah, right. But if your pension is not structured in a way to increase with inflation... That seventy five thousand becomes less and less valuable as time goes on, and so from a cash flow standpoint, you got to think about when does that crossover happen? When you know you might be living on seventy thousand the first year of retirement and everything's good, but by the time you get to seventy years old, maybe now you need to live on eighty five thousand dollars, but your pension is only seventy five. A lot of different things, but I like the five year number to start doing the yeah. start doing the math on the pension options because you'll have a little bit more clarity around what options are going to be available to you. And there's a lot of stuff that can happen over the next 20 years. I wouldn't worry yourself with that now, but uh, I don't know. I think from a high level, I'd look at what options exist today just so I Oh, high level. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 But starting to like figure out, well, I think I'll take the spouse option 50%, you know, that sort of thing is, is maybe a closer decision. But I also like what Fritz Gilbert did, who was on a couple weeks ago, Fritz from the retirement manifesto, when he did his planning, he started five years out. And by two years out, he was done with that part. And the last two years, all he did was started playtesting. What are you going to want to do when work's done? Because he knew that the big thing people struggle with isn't just the money. It's what the hell am I going to do with all my time? Right. Yeah. Smart move there. Correct. I mean. Correct. (laughs) Hurrah. Huzzah. So that was exactly what I thought you were going to say. See? Oh, you're so annoying. I wrote it all down here on my note. Here's all the stuff Joe's going to say. He's going to talk about pension claiming options. He's getting yeah. Nice work. Thank you. Thanks again, Clayton, for the letter. If you have a letter for us, the best place to go, by the way, is the Haven Lifeline. You'll get one of our greatest money show on earth t-shirts if you go that route. 
or you can wait in line by writing us a letter. Head to stackybenjamins.com and at the top of the page, you'll see the questions tab. Click that link and it'll show you all the ways to get a hold of us. And we love answering your questions. We also love it when we get reviews on this show. And actually, we love it. Mom loves it a ton. And thanks, by the way, to Mitch. This is Mitch True Blue who wrote this one. Mitch True Blue. I hope he's not talking about a certain blue. Certain kind of probably probably is kind of ugly color of blue. But uh, anyway, five stars. And mom's got this on. Yeah. And I like how you decide to stretch right at that moment and show me that absolutely ugly color of blue. But (laughs) five stars, a great choice. Mom's putting this on the fridge. If you're looking for just one podcast to fill your need for general personal finance investment advice, this one is a great choice. There's a healthy mix up of content topics to keep things fresh. But there's also great message slash theme consistency week to week to help you build a solid financial foundation without pandering to any in vogue trends or clickbaity ideas. Joe A plus OG five out of five mom triple platinum. Doug hasn't really wowed me yet. There it is. Ouch. <laughs> Burn. So awesome. Thanks. Thanks for that note. And if you can leave a review wherever you listen to this year podcast. You'll warn people about what they're getting into when they listen to the Stacking Benjamin show. Finally, not only is OG taking clients, stackingbenjamins.com forward slash letter O, letter G, to get you to his calendar. He is looking for help in OG for people that miss Monday's show. Tell me about that. Yeah, we've been really blessed by the fact that uh, so many people have reached out and the firm has grown a ton and continues to. And so I need help working with clients. So if you already have an advisory firm that you're working for, or you're interested in learning more, maybe you're a CFP, maybe you're getting close to being a CFP, maybe you have a small practice already, and you want to learn a little bit about working uh, with us, please send me a quick email. It's real simple. It's just OG at Stacking Benjamins. You don't have to include anything fancy like cover letters and resumes, although maybe a little bit about yourself would be fantastic. And we can schedule some time to chit chat a little bit about what you're trying to accomplish from a career standpoint and uh, see if there's a good match. Awesome. And an exciting opportunity for the right person. I have to tell you, I get goosebumps just getting to sit across from OG here three days a week. It will, it will take a person of exquisite temperament. (laughs) All right. Mrs. OG. And, uh, my partner in crime across the table here. That's going to put a cap on this show. Doug, what should we have learned today? So what did we learn today? First, tired of your job? Maybe there are careers you can create if you're a self-starter that'll help you create a new trajectory. Don't pigeonhole yourself into just one type of career. Think big picture, like the burgeoning field of podcast announcing. Second, paying town debt? We hope we motivated you with Jenny's story today. It's about keeping your eye on the prize and visualizing how life will look when you're out of debt. Nice job, Jenny. But the big lesson? Celebrate big holidays like today by telling your boss that you need a break and maybe some cake and possibly some paid leave. Hey, that's a great idea. Hey, Joe, uh, got to talk to you over here for a second. Special thanks to Jenny Zeppel for sharing her personal story on today's podcast. Have a story you'd like to share? Email us at joe at stackingbenjamins.com. 
This show was created by Joe Saul Cihai, produced by Richie Rutter-Reese, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Online, visit us on Twitter at at SBenjamin'sCast or on our Facebook page. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and there's a 73% chance that I played Chuck on Happy Days. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remuneration. There's no way you would take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only, and before making any financial moves, consult with a real financial advisor. Nothing better than uh, living above a garage. Every time yeah. uh, Uncle Jack drives the car <laughs> a out. car starts, you're like, oh, man, I hope I live. <laughs> yeah. How insulated is that? Uh... I'm hoping pretty insulated. Okay. And actually, I've never been in an apartment that has squishier carpeting. For th- those people who don't know what we're talking about, as we move the basement to Detroit, and Mom is getting that ready for us up there. We're living in a three-bedroom apartment. And by the way, we say that on the Money in the Morning show, OG. We haven't changed the intro. And John in the Facebook group said, how come you haven't changed the intro? I just think it's easier to leave it the same. Do we need for the next few months to say live from the apartment above Uncle Jack's garage while we move to the new basement from one basement to another? I think we just keep the intro the same. I think we do too. I think we just make it very easy. But uh, I got to tell you, having most of my stuff in storage and minimizing the amount of things that we have, you met Claudia Pennington at our meetup in Philadelphia from the Two Cup House. And she's been on the show a couple times. You know, Claudia and Garrett have moved to increasingly smaller and smaller houses And it's funny because Cheryl and I were talking to her sister on a call while we were driving around town running errands the other day. And she said, well, is it cramped? And both of us surprisingly said, no, it is actually really fun to have almost no responsibility. And it comes to, I mean, I just got to make sure I give this check to Uncle Jack. That's all we got to do. Once a month, everything's included besides the internet I don't have to worry about anything about being a homeowner, OG. I remember when we moved from uh, up north to down south, and we did the same thing. We lived in an apartment for a while. Now, we had to pay for our own internet and that sort of jazz, but we had, I don't know that we had to pay electric or water. But anyways, it was amazing because our our rent payment was actually more than our house payment was. Oh, was it really? And I, and I was kind of stressed about that. We were yeah. moving from a kind sure. of a lower cost area to a little bit higher cost area, but- 
after it kind of worked the kinks out for the first month or two, we always had money left over. And I think it had to do with the fact that, A, we were in a new place, so we weren't doing the whole like partying with friends all the time and going out. We were just kind of hanging out at home. Our refrigerator was like half the size of our other one, so you didn't feel like when you went grocery shopping, you couldn't spend $200 grocery shopping. You could only spend 100 because there wasn't enough room. And then all those other ancillary costs that are associated with being a homeowner. And it's kind of interesting because I think it was the only time that I was actually completely debt-free in my life. And it was so like, ah, you know, didn't owe anybody any money. You could just go, yeah, I don't want to be here anymore. And you could like just pack your suitcases and off you go. That's the way I feel right now. Storage too. That's what it's just crazy. It's just like a whole different feeling of, you know, no mortgage payment and that sort of thing. But, um, we did have a bad thing happen. And then I immediately went and bought a house and well, not immediately a year and a half later. You're that, well, that you're that guy from that. What what was it? Capital one commercials. Like, how do you afford all this stuff? I'm in debt up to my eyeballs. I'm in debt and up to my eyeballs. <laughs> the big smiles. I wear my sweater vest <laughs> mowing the grass on my riding mower. <laughs> we did have one problem. Two we- kids in private school in a brand new car in the richest neighborhood in town. How do you afford that? I'm in debt up to my eyeballs. <laughs> my, my one worry, we have all the stuff that's in storage. And what's cool is it went in two pods to Michigan and it's now sitting. Allegedly. It's <laughs> supposedly. It's actually, or it's on a ship to China somewhere. Just no, it's, floating around. it's actually in an empty lot near Seven Mile. It's there safe and sound it with is, a lock on it. Yes. But Cheryl was packing stuff and she's packing stuff out of the refrigerator. And we have some cheese and not the, not the like Velveeta and not the pasteurized cheese, but that really foo-foo, super stinky cheese. She had that in a box along with some milk and some other things. And once the moving guys came from the pods, we couldn't find it. And, <laughs> and we still haven't located it. Oh my gosh. So I have this. That totally is you, by the way. That is like if I could summarize Joe and Cheryl's eating plan <laughs> into one. It's like coleslaw and like <laughs> in, it's seven months from now, you're going to open up that thing and it's going to s- smell like a dead body in there. They're going to call the freaking cops. Can you already smell what my sofa is going to smell like? Can't wait to come over. It's going to be fantastic. It's Keep that right, one upstairs, not in the basement. It's all right there right now in the 85 degree Detroit heat. I was going to say, and that's climate controlled, right? It's the climate controlled storage unit where you've got your freshly grated cheese and half gallon of open milk. It's going mm, to be delicious. The cops are going to come at a time. Because they're gonna, uh, we have to open this as an emergency. There are smells <laughs> emanating from this pod. Well, the good news is, is that nothing expands or contracts in heat and cold, so you don't have to worry about that. Right. Also, I'm sure that the box and the container that all that stuff in is completely sealed, 100. percent Won't get crushed. Didn't get jostled around. No. Maybe slightly. What could possibly go wrong? Pinprick hole in your milk jug as it's dripping out. Here's what, obviously what we're both hoping is there was a bunch of stuff that went out to the curb and we had to call for the special curbside pickup of all, you know, the, just the junk. I'm hoping that it accidentally went in the trash, but I don't think so. 
It's going to be interesting. When we get there in January, it's going to be great. Opening that. Well, it'll be frozen by January. A little treasure. And then when it thaws out in your house, (laughs) you'll be like, what is going on in here? Did you. Did, could you just run over to Kroger and get a jug of Febreze? I just feel like uh, something's a little musty in here. Mm. And then when it heats up to that like balmy 71 degrees, delicious. Well, stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is Military Appreciation Month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric, who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine... You can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans, and all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate, and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.